back in the saddle again. Cheers. Boy, it's been a while. It has been. Oh my. Like, I don't even want to count the days. How long? What is it? Been a year and a half? A year? I think we started recording a year and some change ago. Oh, really? Oh, I nice. think so. Cool. Here, I'll look it up. Okay. We, we really should have came prepared. <laughs> Dang. No, you're right. Uh... We let a whole year go by. <laughs> Since the last one? We started, we, w- we recorded the first one probably late 2015. Oh my gosh, wow. The first one late 2015? Dang. Wow, that's crazy. And the last podcast episode released November 2016. Okay, wow. So a little over a year since the last one. Yeah. Dang. Whew. Time goes by. Time goes by. Why? Let's talk about it. Good intro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so a lot has changed in our lives. I'm going to try not to hit the table. table. Uh, We're we're back to not having a great recording setup. (laughs) Just uh, one microphone, one table. Yeah, so let's, I mean, let's get, let's get to talking about what what the um what what the time has done what time has what has taken the time what's taken up so i think i'm trying to think what happened in our last few episodes right you had announced something big yes that i have that i have a girlfriend was that was that the announcement uh, i think you announced that you were engaged and i had oh, a girlfriend oh yes oh yes okay yeah. yes um, so since that time, mm-hmm. so, well, okay. Wow. Since that time I I was engaged, got married April in mm-hmm. April, 2017 and three, three and a half months later we got pregnant. So <laughs> uh, we're expecting a baby girl, um, just over a year after our one year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Wait, what did I say? Yeah. 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 Just a little after that. So, um, it's a baby girl. I'm not going to say the name yet, even though we have a name. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotta keep that secret. Yep. Top secret. Um, but it is a baby girl. Baby girl. Yep. So that's huge. Honestly, that is so, so much has happened. If that's, if that is any excuse for time gone without recording. Um, yeah, that's definitely like run our time together short like mm-hmm. slim or like thin so yeah yeah i think and your girlfriend well who, be- before we even get into that like oh, yeah that alone would be enough of a reason yeah. that we haven't been able to record yeah um very consistently or at all for basically over, well over a year yeah even from the date of the wedding until i saw you next was like oh, yeah oh my gosh it was like, like three or four months yeah like Ugh. things just got so, so busy yeah um on top of you getting married you guys getting pregnant mm-hmm. um my girlfriend moved to phoenix got a job in phoenix from from globe cool um yeah. if you globe, aren't from yeah. phoenix uh <laughs> you don't know where that 
city is. If you are from Phoenix, you probably still don't know where that city is. <laughs> yeah, and like like most of the suburbs of Phoenix would consider themselves Phoenix. Does Globe consider no, themselves? No, 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 not at all. Not even not close. At all. Oh my yeah. goodness. It's if you're in Central Phoenix, it's a couple of hours away. Yow. So you made that trip a lot. I made that trip quite a lot. Wow. So she moved in with my sister. They're roommates with like five other girls. No. Wow. Sharing a, <laughs> sharing a big house together. Cool. And so she got a job in Phoenix, and, and so she's been close, so we've been spending a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time, that summer, I bought a house. Yes. And we're recording we're, in that in my bedroom right in now it. in oh, my house. It's so great, I must say, to be free in in your house. We can talk at whatever volume we want. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually, actually, all of our other recordings were... After your parents had gone to sleep or something. Yeah, in the living room, Yeah, uh, you would have a boom mic stand for your microphone. Yeah. And I would set up my guitar case, which now I have my guitar displayed beautifully on the wall oh, on yeah, a guitar so hanger. Nice. Oh, and uh, I would take that guitar case and I would span it over a gap in the couch to have a hard surface to put my microphone on. Quite a rig. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was, it was janky. But now we've got my <laughs> writing desk. Um, that I keep in my bedroom, um, and I, I've pulled it out from the wall, and it's just kind of free floating in the middle of my bedroom, and that's what we're recording on now. Yeah, in your bedroom, in your house, in my bedroom, in my house, and we'll okay. dive into all of these a little deeper, but we're just giving a b- brief overview. Yeah. Um, the other thing that has happened very recently, um, we are still only Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday to like less like, than a week, like less than a week uh, from me getting engaged. Yeah, so, that's so awesome. It's been 2017 has been a busy year. So busy 2017. Oh my gosh, for real. Like this year has been by far the most, well, the most insane of both of our year, both of our lives. I mean, like you just made the biggest decision of your life. Mm hmm. So far. And you're not talking about the house. <laughs> I, I know exactly, which also happened in 2017. Mm-hmm. 2017 has already been a huge year considering the global climate, but... Right. Um, we, we talked about that in our election special. Oh, yeah. The election. Oh, so much has happened since that good old election. Actually, did the election... Had the election... Un- I no. think we were talking about candidates, weren't we're, we? We were talking about, like, wow. pre-election stuff. Wow. Here we go. Come on, guys. Like, look at this. We we have the results. The results are in. <laughs> Just in case you were waiting for the follow-up podcast to our election special, uh, Trump is the president. Oh, so in case you n- didn't now know, you, you heard it first here on a Talking Duo podcast. <laughs> Trump is president. Trump is president. This, this tiny little, um, little internet presence is going to speak volumes greater than the Twitter presence, in case it hasn't already. <laughs> no. <laughs> but on the topic of this podcast, like the reason that we wanted to even so far distant, yeah, start up, again. start it back up. Uh, we never wanted to stop it. But I, I, I talked to you about an idea that I had several months ago of mm-hmm. like, 
wanting this podcast to continue as kind of an audio documentation of Mm -hmm. our life. Like Mm -hmm. I even toyed around with the idea of rebranding the whole podcast where we would just record 12 episodes once a year Mm -hmm. and release them once a month for an entire year Mm -hmm. where we would see how things have changed over the year. I don't know if we'll do do that. I'd like to record much more regularly yeah. than that. This we'll consider this the second season. Yeah. That first season, how many episodes were there? Have we how many episodes have we recorded so far? Uh I think it was six to ten. Twelve if you can twelve. If you consider um, Look at me, I'm so I guess bad. I'm so thirteen bad. if if you consider the election special. Which was kinda short, right? It was eleven point five election nice. special. Yeah. So yeah, the the last episode we recorded was Christian Kills a Dog. Oh and yeah, that was uh, critically acclaimed by the people that I heard that listened <laughs> yes. to it. I know, R.I.P. that dog. But yeah, what I wanted to do was, by documenting this, give something for Christian's future child and hopefully my future children yes. to be able to hear their dads kind of growing up into adulthood. Yeah, honestly, and and hear kind of how we were back then. I think that's a cool yeah. thing to leave your kids, hopefully not leave them, but something yeah. for them to look mm-hmm. at later on down the line yeah. of like a really humanizing thing of this was my dad at this yeah. specific point in time. I love that, yeah. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, little one, it's your dad. Aww. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in case you didn't recognize the voice. yeah. So, oh yeah, did we do we need to do an intro of our, of our names so people know? No, our loyal followers know our names. Yeah, <laughs> Levi and others. They all. Yes. They all. I don't even know if Levi finished out the season. <laughs> I know. It's okay. If you come back, thanks for joining us. So I'm Justin. I'm Christian. Christian likes when we do intros of our names. I know. It's so fun. It's so it's like a nice little intro. So Justin. You're still into beer. Of course. That wouldn't change. I'm into beer, too. You're just so into beer. I don't think we talked about it in the last podcast. Have we ever talked about that? I don't think we've ever talked about that. We can take that out. Unless you want to add it. That's part of your life. I mean, we can add it. We. I mean, it's up to you. I mean, Grandma, if you ever discover this podcast, <laughs> I'm sorry that this is the way that you found out. <laughs> right. So, Justin, you like beer, right? <laughs> However, you have been into my house and didn't notice the two framed prints from uh one from odell brewing company and one from new belgium brewing company in my living room also the four patent prints that i also have in my living room of beer production apparatus i love that that's so cool okay yeah let's let if we're if we're if this is also the giant german beer stein that i have in my den right i know dude the um the memories in that house we had to undergo some pretty there were measures that we went (laughs) you have you have that on lock you were you were the pioneer of like of sneaky yes (laughs) sneaky being able to drink beer in your house as an adult okay so we both (laughs) went to a christian college right um great times um one of the things there the same um, one the same college yes same college uh one of the things there um is uh you Unless you're married, it's like a weird, ambiguous marriage thing. But, like, you're basically not allowed to drink alcohol while you attend there. Mm-hmm. I think it's also different for non-traditional students, which begs the question, if it's different for them, 
why is it different for somebody else that's 21? Right. Non-traditional but, meaning not living on campus. Right. Like a 40-year-old going back and getting <laughs> a different yeah. degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they realize it's impractical to try to police a 40-year-old. But <laughs> we won't get into that theological debate. <laughs> right. Here we go. Yeah. But needless to say, when I came back uh, from college, I had acquired quite a taste for a variety of different delicious beers. Mm-hmm. And I knew my parents like occasionally drank alcohol, but they never drank in front of us, like mm. ever. Mm. And so I, um, so when I came back from college, I kind of quietly talked to my mom. I was like, hey, so if I wanted to have some like beer, would that be okay? Yeah. And the nice. only parameter she gave to me was that. Caitlin, my youngest sister, didn't know. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. I took that as a green light, Mm -hmm. be sneaky about it. Right, yeah. And so she came home one day, and I had a mini fridge hidden, plugged in into the, in the garage. yes, I remember. There was a mini fridge in the garage. Oh, in the garage. under a pile of junk, plugged in to a power strip. And she eventually found it and was like... Katie found it? No, no, my mom. mom. And, And so she eventually found it and was like, what's this fridge dude in the garage i was like well you said be sneaky about it mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um it became clear that i needed to be more sneaky about mm-hmm. it this is the part yeah yes. and so um this was the summer also that i had gone to europe with my older sister and we were gone all summer and i had come back that was so awesome yeah yeah we'll, so awesome. we'll have to talk about that uh on a whole another podcast yeah. episode because I could just talk about that for oh, hours. I would love to hear that. Yes. And I know about it, but I want to hear it for, for the podcast. Yeah, definitely. And so what I did, so I had a week before a residency program I was in started. And so I took the little money that I had at the time. I went to Home Depot. I bought a bunch of like MDF, like fabricated wood. And, oh, nice, yeah. and I built a desk slash bookcase dude that was amazing and that was amazing this, this was the only thing i could come up with so i built the desk slash bookcase i put the mini fridge in the desk slash bookcase and the bookcase was on the front facing part of the desk so if it was pushed up against the wall it would be the outside yeah it'd be the outside of the desk and the desk had two seating spots one on either side mm-hmm. and um then the bookcase was on a hinge and had a magnetic catch, and you would just open up the bookcase, and there was my little beer fridge. Hidden, yeah. Hidden in the bookcase. If you can imagine this, so it's basically like, like, picture a a big cube, you know, re- refrigerator-sized uh, block, just like plopped there with a slab of wood on top of it, and that's the desk that was jetting out on each side. Jutting, mm-hmm. jutting out on each side. Mm-hmm. And that would be like our, that was, that was supposed to be uh, the a double-sided desk for like each of us. Yeah. Yeah, we I were, built it with us in mind. Yeah. Because we were both, um, we were both in the process, that was at the same time that we were in the process of, dude, I love this. <sighs> I need to just say that I love this yes. so much. <laughs> I love recounting all of these stories. This is... This is what the podcast was meant to be. Oh yeah, yeah. that was in the that was at the at the time. So about the the desk, how it was two sided, and it was kind of like, you know, we'd be sitting across from each other. Um, that was at the time that we were writing 
our book. Mm-hmm. We were writing a, a fiction novel together. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we've talked about that on this podcast, I think, the book, right? I don't know if have we've we... gotten in much detail about it. I don't think we have. If we have, forgive us for rehashing old ideas, but yeah. do you want to overview the book? Yeah, let's do, an, let's do an overview. So it was supposed to be... I love how um, this is supposed to be our life <laughs> in the last year, and we've, I'm, like, scratched the surface and then deep dove into, like... I know, just... Something way... Nostalgia. Earlier, yeah. But this is great. If this is, if this is actually going to be, like, a situation where we, like, can record stuff for our children, like, this is going to be primo. This is, this is great for them to know. So, you know, best friends here like talking about the way we spent most of our time <laughs> you know like for, for like a year yeah when yeah when I came back from college because you graduated two years before me mm-hmm. and so came back and we just like got right in on just doing projects and everything like that we're all we've always been doing just creative things coming up with ideas and it stems from our relationship with Max I think in a lot mm-hmm. of ways um one of our good friends in high school mm-hmm. who uh was always wanting to write things. Yeah. Or at least always wanting to do the beginning part yeah. of writing things. He had so many ideas. It, so when many it came ideas. down to the actual writing, it, it, it always stopped. But The story of so many of us. Yeah. Like going to Denny's at like midnight, getting coffee and a slice of pumpkin pie and just mm-hmm. write, writing on a you know legal pad. Nice. You did that with him. Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, you have so many stories of you of you with Max. Like, <laughs> Max is the one we did talk about. Um, we, yeah, we talked about Max. We talked about Max and the gas station where the gas station attendant oh, a- yeah. asked us who we'd kill and how we'd kill them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, that was crazy. But, yeah, so in our adventures, we were writing that book. You want to talk a little bit about the the plot of it yeah yeah just briefly talk about the, the plot of it awesome yeah we'll go back and forth obviously for this but so we had um two uh like a dichotomy that was like the main idea was that it was a dichotomy of two ideas uh of differing cultures so one culture had this very uh self-centered very um, insular mm-hmm. closed off to the outside world literally yeah, they, they were a enclosed in, in walls. A walled-in village. And everybody outside, city. everybody in the village believed the outside was every, bad. Everybody was dead. Ooh, the, like they dead. were it. Like yeah, because it because ha- there was like a beast outside. Mm-hmm. We were we were going with like there being like a beast or like a yeah, it, it was like beasts or something were like right. roaming in the out out in the. They lived in fear of the beasts of fear. the forest up in this mountain, and they thought that they they were in the last like vestige mm-hmm. safe zone yeah and like we're we're very consumed by the idea that that you know very they were just very consumed by like our safe space we're not going we're not venturing out at all and they had a lot of mythology revolving around the like how they how they actually received um anything you know like how they imported anything food or whatever so, or, you know, what, what, wasn't there like a system that they like, they received goods or whatever from, from over the wall, from over the, yeah, yeah it was, it was like, yeah, mythology of like mm-hmm. sacrifice and then receiving the food. And- yeah. So the, there's, there's that civilization that was this little village who lived in fear, enclosed. And then there was another village that it would kind of cut back and forth between um, this other village that was very altruistic was the word that we used. 
Mm-hmm. Um, everything was given. So like a very, in in a stark stark uh, contrast. Contrast. The this other village was very out, very sold out to giving everything away and. Nothing that you own is yours. Maybe a uh, maybe an idea of like communism, but maybe a uh, a little you know. And I mean, like it kind of looked a little bit like communism because yeah. it had you know it had its breakdowns, but they were somehow functioning in that society. Just and they had their own mythology of like the beast being trapped in the walls up in oh, the forest. Yeah. There was that like that like far away kingdom or whatever that's just like stay away, stay away on the other side of the forest. Yeah, and I think at one point or we had alarm. we had them bringing a food offering to the oh, to yeah. the walls, and so like the food for the people in the walls was actually being provided by the people outside the oh, walls. Yeah, but both of them are are thinking that they're doing something to keep the the th- main threat away. Mm-hmm. And it was basically all built on this idea of neither of them can see the real threat to right. their existence because of their fear of each other basically yes and it was about bringing those two sides together in order to Mm -hmm. actually defeat the true threat to their existence yeah in in the case of the the walled in society it's kind of obvious just go outside your walls it's mm-hmm. not so scary out there. And also in the altruistic society, I think we were that was kind of where we were like trying to really refine. There was a lot it's of hard, ideas in it's there. It's hard to pin down the identity of the outside society. Right, yeah. In, but, in a really tangible way. Right. But they it revolved around these two characters, one from each one from each of these societies that ended up meeting mm-hmm. one one little rebel character from the from the walls. And one rebel character-ish, you know, from the... Both of them questioning mm-hmm. the society that they had, you know, been raised in and thinking that a society like the opposite would be better, but kind of finding out that you need both... Mm-hmm. Uh, both sides both of the coin sides or whatever. Both sides of the coin to have a truly functioning society, mm-hmm. um, that you need people to care about... Um, you know, everyone else, but not to the detriment of themselves mm-hmm. and, and people to care about themselves, but yes. not to the detriment of others. Ooh. And it was, we I mean, had a great ending. We had a great ending, ending in mind. It was yeah. beautiful. We it had it completely so nice. storyboarded out. Mm-hmm. We um, had this marker board, this big old marker board that we drew out all these little pictures of characters and, mm-hmm. and the timeline of everything. And it, and it got really allegorical too. Like everybody's names were chosen specifically. Yes to represent specific things like the place was named Miedo, which is like fear in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and the, the, the other, the other society's name was Paz or Paz, mm-hmm. P-A-Z, which means peace in Spanish, mm-hmm. which honestly, I think we may have glorified that little society's view of the world. Yeah. Um, that may have been where the breakdown is. We can return to this. This would like yeah. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't yeah. give too much away. I know. <laughs> right. If 2017 taught us anything, it's that uh, we really need to focus on on bridging our divides and coming together as oh, a society. Yeah. yeah, and that's the, that was the ultimate goal. Just like realizing that that the ultimate goal and meaning in life and humanity is self sacrifice. Yeah, and I think that the for me the main theme of the story was that ultimate. Ultimately, we are not as different as we seem, and what divides us isn't as big as what it seems like. And the most important thing for us as a society is to come together on our differences so that we can face the truly big 
issues. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's like coming from um, something that we've talked about in the podcast before. We, we were talking about personality assessments. Remember that episode, friends? Your main critique of that was that it, it simplifies the complexity of humanity. And yeah. when it comes, like, I don't know, it's, I don't know, like, what this, what the um, chronology of those ideas of, like, your ideas of that slash, you know, when we came up with the, the, the ideas for these stories or whatever, well, like, I don't know when those all came to be, but it all just stems from the same brains, you know. You taught me a lot, really, about the complexity of humanity when it comes to um, fearing other people. Mm-hmm. Um, personality assessments are kind of a different thing, but you showed me that, like, that how how humans are way more complex than can yeah. be put into a box, and we have a lot more to um, to learn from each other and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I think really that's that's a lot of my my heartbeat in those stories that that we were coming up with is that we easily fear what we don't know and we divide ourselves along specific lines, religious lines, political lines. And it's not helpful for anyone. We would all be much better off if we realized how closely, you know, we're all human. That was a terrible sentence. Mm-hmm. No, keep going, yeah. We're all human, and that is what connects us, mm-hmm. you know. Dude, and another thing about that. Oh, wait, no, actually, keep going. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, we're to not dive headlong into a hot-button topic, but we're both Christians, and historically, uh, Christians and Muslims have not gotten gotten along very well. Is that a safe, oh, of course, statement to say? And and it even spans across so many other cultures, Muslims and Jews. You mm-hmm. know, like so many different like, and and not even just that, but like you know, there's that there's like age gaps that don't get along. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many different cultures, just even apart from religion, that just mm-hmm. like are fearful of each other. Yeah. But I, th- I think there's something special of recognizing that people believe and think differently and that ultimately that's okay. Ultimately, that's for them to decide. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, you don't have to be the one that decides how somebody else thinks. Right. The pressure is off. Mm-hmm. The pressure is off me. Like, I don't have to worry what somebody else thinks. I can think that the thing that I think is the best thing to think. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I think that very strongly. Yeah. But I also believe that the worst possible way to get somebody to think the way that I think is to attack them for the way that they think. Oh, uh, yes. That immediately entrenches them in a defensive position of there's no way in hell. Ooh, that's the first time I just, like any, either of us have dropped it. Love it. No. I'm surprised it was me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they'll, they'll real. they're immediately going to be like, I'm not going to believe anything you say because mm-hmm. you're attacking me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to immediately entrench myself in a defensive position. And Christians do that amongst themselves. Oh yeah. Oh enough. my gosh, so much. I would even I would even like venture to say that as because a lot of what we're talking about right now is very basic or, or like basics of bridging the gap between humans or societies or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I would even say that it would just having having it in your having it in your heart, having it in your mind to just accept others regardless of just love, S- sacrifice yourself for 
another, whatever that means. Even if you're not like viewing them complexly, that is what would happen as a result of loving them regardless. But if you just take that step to just go, you know, I'm just going to love yeah. and, and, and all the other things will fall into place. Yeah. Like, so there's two books that I think have really formed my ideas of this. One is John Green's book, Paper Towns. I read it probably a little bit before we recorded the first podcast. Mm -hmm. I read it too. Yeah. And, and I think you let me borrow it and I read it. Probably. Yeah. The whole theme of it is it's so difficult to get outside of your head and to mm -hmm. think of other people complexly mm -hmm. as people that have their own thoughts and their own issues that they're dealing with. And when you reduce somebody to your idea of who that person yes. is, that ultimately you limit yourself from understanding who the person is. Absolutely. And yeah. so that book, and then another book... Finding Alaska? On, on the, no, on the topic of, of Christians and Muslims, there's a really short book that I found very formative in this idea. So um, it's called A Muslim's Heart. And in the book, I can't remember who wrote it. I'll put it in the description it's on my bookshelf, but I don't want to go get it right now. <laughs> it's all the way in the other room of my house. And <laughs> the author makes a great argument for understanding Muslims as not this other religion that is seeking to destroy us at all costs. Right. But, which has been the which has been what's fed, you know. Right. Media and everything, yeah. But as our brothers who we can love, who also worship the same God that we do, which Side note, very controversial in Christianity and in Islam. Oh, I love that. I love thinking about that. But th that they worship the same God as us, but that they don't have a full picture of how big in loving that God is. That hmm. they don't fully, they have an imperfect view of a perfect God. That's, hmm. the, whole, that's the whole idea presented there. You know, and be because the God of Islam and the way God is portrayed in Islam... Sorry if you didn't sign up for a religious podcast, but <laughs> season two, we're going deep dive. Yeah. But the God in Islam is presented oh, yeah. okay. very yeah. harsh, very stringent, very distant. The way you get to God in Islam is through your the way you live your life and your actions and follow you know, hitting the five pillars of Islam. And that is the way you you get to God you can, like, and please his God. Love or whatever. Well, it's kind of like God isn't there for love in Islam. It's not about mm. love. It's it's about mm. pleasing God. Mm. And I hope I'm representing that accurately. I don't mean it disparagingly at all. But from what I have researched far beyond this book, that that is overarching. You're there to please God. It's not about love. It's about it's about. D discipline it's about following god correctly to please god but if, if you view islam as you know the abrahamic religions islam judaism and christianity even though this god looks very different in islam it is still the same god they just don't fully view the yahweh god the same way that christians do knowing, again, getting into deep the theological realms, that God himself, in order to reconnect himself to us, came through the person of Christ mm. and died in our place so that we can be reconnected back to him as a great act of love. So mm -hmm. we understand God 
through that lens of love mm. um, that Islam doesn't have that lens mm-hmm. built into it. So that book, John's Green Book, both very formative in developing my ideas of there's more to people than I understand. Mm. I have mm-hmm. a very limp, mm. no matter how much research I read, no matter how many people I talk to, like to blanket statement, say I understand an entire political group or cultural group or religious group is showing an immense amount of naive naivety or even yeah. like fear in a way. Yeah, fear, naivety, or n- 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 Na- uh, naivety, naivety. How- <laughs> we're, I know that's we're a weird at, word. We're not There's good like at dots words. above letters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> umlaut. Like, <laughs> yeah, is that a little accent? A do like thing? I don't <laughs> yeah. know what that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it it shows a huge lack of understanding on my part to think that I could claim to know things about an entire group of people based off of extremely limited knowledge. Yeah, I mean, and even barring religion or 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 yeah, religion. I'm thinking is that, that people in general, like even if people don't ascribe to a religion, they still have these views of like, I need to earn love. I need to, um, I, I, they just don't see themselves as fully loved Mm -hmm. as fully. Um, yeah, just like fully loved as who they are, that they need to do something or be something that lives up to an expectation of something bigger than them. Mm -hmm. And, and like, you know, like I know you, you read that, that Muslim book, but even like, I don't know, I, I feel like a lot of people, so many people, I, I don't even, I don't know if it's the majority, you know, I, I might even say the majority because most people, whatever the biggest religion is in the world, people are so nominal in those religions anyway. People mm-hmm. barely, barely are like religious who ascribe to those religions. It's but, pretty cultural. Yeah. But they still, but they still have this. I don't know. I've been a pretty bad person. I don't know if I'm worthy of being loved. Just know you're loved. And then then other stuff will come. Well, yeah, and I think part of the brokenness of humanity is the foreignness, the foreignness of the idea of love freely given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing that, like, blew my mind a couple years ago or whatever. Grace? Grace mm-hmm. is a concept that is, that transcends religion or 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 culture or whatever grace is the love that god has for you which i guess it does come down to religion but the love that god has for you regardless of who you are of of what you're doing or whatever so and that that was the i mean that's the big revolutionary idea of jesus it's still Mm -hmm. revolutionary yeah in today's culture and it doesn't get talked about in non-secular or in secular circles probably for a similar thing that we're talking about of assumptions about a group of people without fully understanding mm-hmm. a group of people i think christianity falls into that category a lot in the western world where growing up culturally in in a christianish context that people think they understand what christianity is about but mm-hmm. the reality is that at the core of Christianity, I think that's the whole idea, mm-hmm. is we don't feel like we deserve grace 
to the nth degree. Grace mm-hmm. unheld back. Like yeah. Like no withholding on grace whatsoever that yeah. that it is freely given. Yeah. Uh no matter what, yes. which which seems incredibly unjust. Everybody says yeah right to that. Yeah right is like the the choral response to most by most people. Just like yeah right. There's got to be something more to it. Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah. there's got to be more hoops to jump through. Mm-hmm. And and if you read through the New Testament again, we're not typically a religious podcast. <laughs> I know, not at all. Yeah. Although we are two very like it's core to our identities as mm-hmm. as people. But if you read through the New Testament, you see overwhelmingly that there aren't more hoops to jump through. It's that this is there it's available, that all of the hoops that were necessary to jump through, God jumped through those hoops on our behalf because we can't jump through the hoops ourselves. And mm. people are correct in thinking that that doesn't sound like a good... Reasonable. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like a good deal for God. Like, yeah. Like, it sounds like God's getting shortchanged in this exchange. That's what self-sacrifice is. Yeah, and that's the it's... ultimate self-sacrifice. To bring it full mm. circle... Back to our original the book book yeah. <laughs> yeah those are core ideas to what we were trying to bring out in the book is is that ultimately humans need to understand one another even if we're different from one another and that divisions amongst us are much more surface level than the depths that we share together. So back to our year in review. Mm-hmm. I'm married, expecting a kid. You're engaged. That was a good hard cut. <laughs> yeah. Now for something completely different. I know. Put those put those three dots that you see in books, right in between that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like paragraph three dots in the center of the page. Whatever that. Yeah. Whatever that's called. And then continue on to another paragraph. Yes. New paragraph. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I think it would be interesting um, for you to talk about your engagement life and the wedding, Mm -hmm. and then for me to kind of talk to you about what I can expect in my process of that. Cool. Yeah. So being engaged was, um, uh, it was so, okay, being engaged, it's all you're doing is waiting for getting married. Mm -hmm. So it's not as fun as you would think, because now it's like, you're not boyfriend and girlfriend anymore. That is gone. Mm -hmm. You are now way more official, way more legit. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome in that way because you're secure. You're now like locked in, you know, which is beautiful. It's not like you're not, oh no, you know, it's not, you, you were expecting this. But counting down the days to the wedding is, I mean, there's a lot of work that has to take, that has to go into it that has to go into planning the wedding but in my case uh my bride took care of a lot of that with her family because you know that's kind of the girl the girl thing for some reason culturally Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the you get to kind of wipe your hands of it and yeah but we're gonna have to do that I'm gonna have to do that one day you know (laughs) take care of my daughter's wedding stuff so counting down the days is fun but it gets old it gets so old just 
having to, you know, still deal with the family's say in things, not in a, not in like a super negative way. Cause I love my, my wife's family, my in-laws, mm-hmm. but you're just kind of like, can we just be together and can this just be over? Can we just live our, get on with our life together? But it's that, it's that necessary weird time that just where, where you just have to take a lot of other people's words into account. You have to take a lot of opinions into account. And well, not like, not that you just like have to, because you decide to, but just cause it's part of the process and you get, you feel, you feel it's easy to feel prematurely entitled to each other's company. Mm. Um, in a lot of ways you are entitled to each other's company because you're engaged. You're mm-hmm. the, you're, it's, you know, it's easy. You're to, the main event. Yep. You're the main event. It's easy to, it's easy to feel like you're the, sh- the spotlights on you and it is in a lot of ways, but at the same time you still have to remember. And I had to remind myself, even though I didn't always, you know, like take it super to heart, but you got to remind yourself that, that the other people will have a say in things mm-hmm. until that day. You know, so you can make decisions and you can still go on with your life dating and loving each other and making out maybe more, but it's, there's, there's a lot of, oh, your family's calling (laughs) or Mm -hmm. somebody's, you're, you're still, you're still, um, you're still accountable to other people. So I, I mean, that's kind of what I would explain engagement, just the like limbo, you know, to wait until you're you've reached that final spot. And then the wedding, when it comes to the day, oh my gosh. Everybody says that it that it goes by. You won't remember a thing about the wedding. It just is a flash. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, 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 because our wedding was so beautiful and so amazing, I really like remember a lot of it. And I still look back on that day very fondly. Uh, we listened to our first dance song recently. And Haley cried, and it brought back a lot of memories, mm-hmm. and just made, reminded me just how awesome our wedding was. And it's such a great time. It's like it's kind of like because we were both in high school and we both were in theater and we did. Of course, we were both in high school. We were in theater and we did. did but you these... weren't in high school together. <laughs> oh, we weren't. We weren't in high school together. No, right. But I'm just thinking like you and I. Um, oh, we, us, we were in high yes. school and we had performances, and. You remember each of those performances dearly. You know, you have a, remember, a memory of those. And I'm just thinking, like, the wedding was, in a way, a performance. You're, you're the star or whatever. The spotlight's on you. Mm-hmm. And except it's way more meaningful. And it's way bigger than a performance. And so just like a performance, you remember it super mm-hmm. dearly. And the wedding day is so beautiful, so amazing, one thing I don't remember is my best man speech. I don't know what I said. It was I awesome. I don't remember what I said at all. It, it was like I prepared something, and I mostly stuck to what I prepared, but I ad-libbed a lot just on the fly, like feeling the moment, feel, like from my heart, and I, I don't really remember what I said. Yeah, and even even though there are a lot of details that you that you don't remember that that I don't remember, oh my goodness... I need to also talk about the week, uh, the week of the wedding, the week before mm-hmm. it was, that was amazing. The bachelor party was 
amazing. We went camping, and that was all you. You were my best man. It was so stressful for me. Oh my gosh, it was. We, we so went worth camping it. at a campground, and as you would expect from a bachelor party, like we were pretty loud, mm-hmm. and, and I just remember being like so stressed out, like thinking that the people around us were going to be so mad. Oh yeah. And they were a little mad, but which is okay, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the things we, I picked the most isolated of the campgrounds. Yeah, so awesome. That was a great spot. Oh my goodness. The memories It was just fun hanging out with all was, the guys. Yeah, it really was. It was so awesome just hanging out, and making a fire, drinking, having hot dogs or whatever, you know, just doing whatever whatever bachelor party stuff you do. And honestly, even though you're saying, like, I don't remember my ba- my best man speech or anything, all that matters is the vibes. Mm-hmm. And the, the vibes. The feeling afterwards. Yeah, the feeling yeah. that you just, you carry that feeling with you. And that is what makes the whole experience beautiful totally. and amazing. And I know I'm only, like, I'm not even a year removed from it, so the memory is pretty fresh. But... It it it's an it's a very very fun amazing beautiful time, friends. Yeah. Oh, I loved, you know. Bes- besides the wedding day, besides saying I do and stuff, the ceremony and whatnot, the the f- time spent with friends was mm-hmm. amazing. It is a great time for friends and family to get together. It's better than every Christmas you can imagine. Better than every holiday. It's just so pure and so much love is going around. So that's what I would say about in summation of the of the wedding and the time leading up to it and the engagement. It's so worth it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't let too many people's perceptions get in your head. It's all you. It's yeah. it's your own experience. Well, one of the um weird things I think about the like the wedding party, something that I've been thinking about a lot as I've been thinking about my wedding party is we really don't have a lot of overlap on our friends. I don't know if that's a a common thing because like for me, you're clearly my best man. I found out right now. (laughs) I mean, officially. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I guess I haven't (laughs) asked you before. I know. (laughs) Christian, will you be my best man? I would love to. Thanks, man. I would so love to. <laughs> but, but in my mind, like it was never a doubt. Like you've been my best friend since high school, yeah. and I imagine it was a similar experience for you. It was obvious. W- one thing I knew knew that I was going to say in my best man speech was that for both of us, I feel like we're both the brothers that neither of us ever had. Mm-hmm. You're the only boy of three with three sisters. I'm the only boy with three sisters, mm-hmm. and really. Ever since we became friends, we've kind of become brothers to one another mm-hmm. in a way that none of my other friendships have ever had that tight of a bond. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's so good. That's amazing. And but I, I I thought it was interesting looking at at your list of groomsmen and my mm-hmm. you know potential list of anybody I could pick as a groomsman there's no overlap in those mm-hmm. lists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I, I think it is because there is a couple years difference in when we were at school at, in high school, in college. And really with the exception of a few high school friends that were also in theater, we hung out apart from hanging out with each other. We hung out with different sets, different groups of other friends. So I don't, I don't know if that's 
normal or different or irrelevant, but I just thought that that was, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if yeah, I have anything else to say to, about that, but I, you know, and even, even though people, even though like that's the cool thing about a wedding that like, even though not everybody knows each other, in fact, I think the point mm-hmm. is that most people don't know each other. That's the point. But we're all here for one for reason. For one reason, exactly. And that that's for the people getting married. Yes, and that makes everybody just, everybody's elated. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, nobody's nobody's thoughts are, are about themselves. They shouldn't be about themselves. They should just be purely about the vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so. One of my fondest memories of that day we were trying to time you getting to the wedding venue at the correct time Mm -hmm. so that all of the bridesmaids and Haley were all sequestered yeah (laughs) yeah hidden away and so we had some time to kill trying to nail that down and so we went to taco bell Oh to yeah, make, you to and make I. sure that you had something to eat before we yes. got into the day. Beefy five layer, you know. Oh, gotta have the beefy five layer. Yeah. And there we were in Taco Bell, in full suits, uh, yeah. dressed to the nines. Yeah, so funny. Looking dapper. Yep. Me with the ring in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Wow. Eating our beefy five layers. Yep. Great memory. Uh, and that was after we. I think we like kind of checked into the hotel or something like that. Right, I, like, right afterwards, we went in. We went ahead and, and checked into the hotel, or we went and parked your car in the oh yeah parking lot of the yes, hotel because we were going to ride back to the hotel. And, and we had home. Kendrick come over. Kendrick from the infamous "Killing the Dog" story. Yes, uh, oh, Kendrick is helped an you transport person. the dead dog. Yes, uh, that was so <laughs> in, funny. In the plastic garbage bag. Uh, Black plastic garbage bag because you need the durability of the big outdoor bag for the dead dog uh, a couple of them it was double bagged double bag. <laughs> but yeah i think that's my favorite memory from that so memory, yep. as somebody now it's who you is now engaged yes what do you wish you had done differently approached differently in the process leading up to the wedding during the wedding what do you wish you had done wow. differently that I could learn from mm. to do better in my engagement. Wow. Thank you for asking me that question. I'm just throwing it at you. So yeah, I so know if you need a moment to think. Okay. In the engagement, I would say I, I feel like if you just, if you just take advantage of all the time that you have together, don't, don't feel like you need to have anything I cannot stress enough not to take other people's presuppositions too strongly. It's nice to listen to other people. I mean, you're doing it right now, but it, it's it's nice to um, have the support of other people, you know, in their advice and stuff. But just do it your way. Go on, go on so many dates. Go on even more dates than you did when you were dating, because now. It, that and that's something that's important, I think, to carry into marriage. Just, just date and date even more. Even though you're not in the courting process anymore, mm-hmm. you're not in the you're not in the process of trying to get her to fall in love with you even more. You now have that security of you guys are each other's. So take advantage of that, and and just rest and enjoy with patience and 
and love for each other, every every date, every conversation, the conversations are going to be so much more rich now in, in dating. Be, okay, so like the the reason our our situations are a little bit different. I knew Haley a while and mm-hmm. were fr- was friends with Haley for a while before we got before we even and got together. In love together. with Haley for a while. <laughs> I was so in love with Haley even before we were dating. But um and, but like we got to know each other a lot. So like that was a pretty nice transition into dating and mm-hmm. and even you know engagement and stuff. So we weren't we weren't as hardcore in in the process of getting to know each other. You you know you know Katie Katie really well from from your time dating and stuff which would that was a really awesome I have we even talked about your time I, meeting I, I meeting think Katie? we talked about it yeah okay so you've been dating Katie for a year and a half or two or two years like a year and a half a year and a half okay so you've been dating Katie for a while and so you guys have gotten had so much time to get to know each other use this time to relish each other honestly she 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 knows that you love her she definitely knows that you love her and her heart is so 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 like full i feel like there's something that that engagement does to a woman's heart that just makes and it, even yours too but i feel like as dudes are like we kind of we know what we feel but we're not always like super share like full of sharing it mm-hmm. as often but she you may have noticed I don't know, like a, like a change since you've been engaged, and it's just like she is you. She is your biggest fan, and not not in like a weird misogynistic, self centered way or anything, but like she's like, oh yeah, I am taken, and so so if you just spend this time letting her know, like you love her so much, whatever that means. How you know bet you know how best to love her, mm-hmm. but just keep going on that. And even increase in that, and it's going to naturally because you're engaged and stuff. Give her all the love. This is such a fun time to love. Mm-hmm. And being engaged is when it's like really fun and allowed for you to just so be unabashedly in love with her. When you're dating, that's another funny thing. When you're dating, you you kind of like uh, around. Okay, oh yes. Okay. 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 It's coming back. When you're when you're engaged. You now have full, this is a special time because you now have full permission from everyone to be obsessed with each other. When mm-hmm. you're dating, everybody's, even though even though you could have been dating for five years or something, when you're engaged, it's like you have a free ride to love each other however much you want. <laughs> you can just love each other. It, when people see an engaged couple, it, it's funny because she has a ring and you don't. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a weird little symbol that like you can Pe- be... People obs- can put the dots together. Yeah, and you can just be so obsessed with her and and there's no nothing anybody can say about it. Mm-hmm. When you're married, it's a similar situation. It's the same. I mean, like it's, it's even more. As an engaged couple, you're like, I won. I won. And just <laughs> you have this concept or this mindset of just I won the whole time. Every date, every, every anything... We, we talked about this a little bit, me and Haley, about like, you can just kind of like, PDA is honestly kind of chill when you're engaged. Because <laughs> people aren't like, when you're dating, it's like, come on, what, a, like, yeah, right, kind of, you know, society just views it as like, it's like, you're not even official. But then like, now it's like, oh, yeah, 
oh yeah, you can you can feel free to like sit sit on the same side of the table when you guys are at a restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. Have you guys have you done that before? Mm-mm. Dude, do that. I don't I don't know. That would like Haley would be like, Can you sit by me? And like like at a restaurant and we'd sit on the same side of the table. It feels weird. It like at a booth or something. Yeah. It feels weird. It feels like unacceptable or something. But forget about that. That's not anything. She she's brandishing her ring so hardcore. That's yeah. so awesome. You get you've given her a ring. You've done way more than than asked her to be your girlfriend or whatever. This is like the real deal. Take advantage. I don't know. That's all I'd say. Just like you can feel free to love her with everything. Well, let's let's back it up for a second. Let's talk about the rings. I think you talked a little bit about getting your ring, but let's just rehash that and let's talk about our experiences. Getting the ring? Getting the ring. My 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 grandpa was a jeweler. He retired as a he reti- retired a jeweler. He had a jewelry store for freaking like I don't know, 30 or 40 years. He just had he's been in the jewelry business for like it, ever. Forever, yeah. He he was he he did have like a he was in charge of a bunch of paper boys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like know, a side I business, think, or I don't know. That was like his main, like he his oversaw main thing. children on bicycles. I, yeah, yeah. Back in the day when when there was paper boys, you know, <laughs> riding bikes around for real. But I, I just imagined your grandfather, who's like the sweet, quiet old man, just like doling out like loads of papers to children in bicycles, like yeah. putting them in their baskets. Yeah, he's a great administrator, though. He's a great yeah. like manager of things, but he. He went into the jewelry business, I I don't know, maybe at 30 years old or something like that, and retired at 70, you know, mm-hmm. just been in it for so long, you know. And so when he retired, he, you know, he's had, he sold a lot of his merchandise, but had catalogs and had a little bit of, a little bit of jewelry still, you know. Mm-hmm. And he showed us a bunch and Haley picked one that she really loved and we got it, uh, you know, and you, and you got the ring before you proposed, right? Yes, but yes, but so Haley actually helped pick out. She did the help ring. pick out the ring. Haley helped pick out the ring. I don't know how much of a surprise it was for Katie. You you you'll tell me in a sec. I'm I'm sure, but Haley picked out her ring, and we got it. We got it. Uh, this was probably a month or so, maybe like mo- a month or two months before the actual proposal. Something like that. Maybe maybe it was even weeks. I don't know. She still didn't know the day of the proposal, of course. Mm-hmm. But she picked out the ring. She got a different diamond put in it. Mm-hmm. Um, she it was a uh, it was initially you know like a circular diamond, and you or, got an emerald cut. Yeah, right? she and she she really liked the emerald cut look, and so we got an emerald cut that was um, half carat or something. I can't even remember the carat. Maybe it was, yeah. I don't know. I th- I don't know. Half carrot. I don't know what. Maybe it was. Maybe it turned out to be a carrot or something. Mm-hmm. Is that huge? I I wish I knew better. <laughs> That's a girl thing, you know. Like it's the size or whatever. But I'm sure your grandfather and, knows. Yeah, <laughs> it was a platinum band. Mm-hmm. Um, so not white gold, which is traditional. Um, traditional whatever, or not you know not gold or white gold, but platinum, and. She she ended up when I proposed to her, she was a little bit bummed out about the like because in order to get the emerald cut put in and for the wedding band to fit, mm. 
along with it, the emerald cut diamond, the new the new diamond had to be raised a little bit. Mm. The way it was before, it fit it fit perfectly, but she didn't like the shape of the diamond. Mm. And so this is so wild. This is just like a lot of logistical nonsense. No, this but is like, this is interesting. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. The the emerald cut diamond had to be like placed a little bit higher, raised. Mm-hmm. And so when I put it on her finger, you know, she loved... Oh, okay, so then the proposal, I guess I'll go into the proposal. Mm-hmm. I had the diamond, I had the ring, I showed you. The 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 ring was, you know, in my truck, hidden, mm-hmm. <laughs> hidden in my truck in a little secret compartment in the back seat. And when I busted it out at... Okay, so my, my plan was to... We were going to go to a restaurant that we went to on our, like, fourth date or something like that, but it was a really nice restaurant, or, or a really cool restaurant. You know, it wasn't like... The fanciest, $100 a plate, but it was just, you know, whatever. Cool restaurant with a nice little courtyard, and so mm-hmm. after, and, and okay, I called the restaurant ahead of time mm-hmm. to to let them know that I was going to propose there, and they they were being so funny about it, too. The waiter was cool, but but like when she went to the bathroom, he was like, he came back and he was like, so I understand what exactly is going to happen. Um, if you want to just give me a wink or something, I think they may have thought that I was going to propose in the restaurant, mm-hmm. but he said like, if you just want to give me like a little nod or something when it's going to happen. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm probably going to do it outside anyway. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, it wasn't too much of a distraction, the whole, that thing. But then we went outside and we walked around and I told her how much I loved her. And then I got down on a knee on the courtyard and gave her the ring and everything. And the waiter brought out two champagne glasses in like these awesome. special little champagne flutes that were like special to that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had little bees, ink bees on the sides of the of the That's glasses. So cool, so cool, so cute. And uh, we drank, you know, we drank them after the proposal, and we're just sitting there relishing the experience. Somebody, somebody at the at a neighboring restaurant had taken the picture, had taken a picture of of me on my knee. And mm. so that was cool. She was like, I, I just took this picture. Do you want me to send it to you? And I was like, yes, yes please. please. <laughs> That's so awesome. Thank you so much. And dude, it's just so, the whole experience is just mm-hmm. so fun. And everybody's like there for it. Mm-hmm. All, all, always. Everybody's there for a proposal. And then after we like relished in the experience a little bit, we took a few pictures. And then I went to give them the, the wine, the, the champagne glasses back. And they took them, and then we started walking away, just like, yay, we're engaged. And then the hostess that I gave the champagne glasses to, she ran back out to us mm-hmm. and was like, you know what? Keep these. Mm. I just want, like, you, I want you guys to keep these. This is awesome. That's so sweet. Um, thanks. For, yeah, I think that that restaurant probably isn't used to, like, having proposals done there, you know? Right. Because they were, like, people, like, a lot of the waitresses and stuff had come out to, like, view it and stuff. It was so fun and That's so wild. Fun. But, yeah, so... I mean that was that was my proposal experience and that was the the ring and whatnot. So so your, how were, how were your nerves? My nerves because like you guys had just picked out the ring together a few weeks prior, mm-hmm. so it was obvious what was going to happen sometime soon. Still, yeah. even with all of that, how were the nerves? Um, honestly, I had been so secure in our relationship from the day we got together she said Mm -hmm. she said we're gonna get married and i said yup 
like easily knew it from the moment you know so you were ready before you guys started oh yeah oh yeah i was like this is the girl i want to marry i told my aunt like we might me and my aunt were like driving around and she had i was just telling her about how obsessed i am with this girl before we even got together and she was like you want to marry her right and i was like oh yeah absolutely i would marry her so so quickly in a heartbeat you know and then so like moments later she told me that she loved me you know, mm-hmm. and Haley told me that she loved me. And so like, I was just like, like moments later on that same day. Uh, no, it was like a week later or something like that, okay. but it was like really close. It was funny that like the, of the timing that you had just had that conversation yeah, with my aunt, you know, yeah. and it was just like, Oh yeah. And then, so it was, it was just without a doubt. I, you know, so leading up to the proposal, my nerves weren't crazy. I didn't have, you know, I, I don't even think I had butterflies. It was just really the next step, the next logical step I wish I could have proposed earlier. I wish we could have gotten married earlier, mm-hmm. but it all just happened the way it did. And yeah, I was, I was, re- it was really fun and really easy to yeah. do. It's funny that you say that you didn't even have butterflies <laughs> and that will become apparent in a second, but I'll talk about first, right. uh, getting the ring for Katie. Yes. So Katie wanted a very non-traditional ring. She wanted something, frankly, hard to to describe. Mm-hmm. Uh, something very asymmetric, not a mm. single stone raised, prominent stone, but something very different. And it was kind of difficult to find. The first several jewelry stores um, that me and my sister Katie, same name, different person, obviously. <laughs> yes. Um, we the first couple of jewelry stores that we went into uh were frankly very pushy oh to goodness. the expensive traditional uh. engagement rings and weren't concerned with trying to accommodate <laughs> accommodate yeah. uh what I was actually looking for and how many places did you go to so those were the, we went to 3 before we went to the the final one. Wow. And so it was kind of disheartening having gone to those places and feeling like there wasn't an easy solution mm-hmm. to what we were trying to find. And we found ourselves, um, if you're from Phoenix, you'll get this reference immediately. Um, yes. especially if oh, you grew yes. up in Phoenix. I know where this is going. But we found ourselves on Scottsdale Road. And a coma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, further south on Scottsdale Road, but only a few miles. And we were at a jewelry store, and things did not go well. That was the worst experience of the three. Oh, really? The, yeah, so we had gone to two outlet stores for the jewelry store in the West Valley. And... Um, we had a couple that I put on hold at one of the jewelry stores that were kind of what we were looking for, but not really. They were very non-traditional, but they didn't really do what I wanted for the, for the ring. They were beautiful rings, but they just didn't have what I was looking for. And so we went to the main store all the way over in Scottsdale. If you're not from Arizona and don't have any frame of reference for Scottsdale, Scottsdale is like maybe one of the richest parts of the entire country. Like, (laughs) and without exaggeration, a lot of pro golfers have a house in Scottsdale that 
they live at part-time just to golf in Scottsdale. Yeah. That That is where the, the infamous Phoenix Open is held. The Phoenix Open is the most attended golf tournament, at least in the United States, if not the world. Dang. And it is like a party nonstop for the entire golf tournament. People, like famous people like got four arrested. Days. <laughs> <laughs> like people drunk all over the place, crazy expensive box seats. Scottsdale is also where they have uh, that famous car auction every year where they're auctioning off like million dollar cars. And Dang. so Scottsdale is a very ritzy part of Phoenix, but it's also one of the ritziest towns, I would argue, in the United States. There's more expensive places to live. Scottsdale, I mean, the Phoenix area in general isn't a crazy expensive place to live. But a lot of very, very wealthy people live in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to this main hub, this main store, it was like the gaudiest of gaudy really? jewelry. Wow. Like diamonds like bigger than my car. Like insane. Oh my gosh. And I was like, not only could I not even come close to affording any of the jewelry in this store, Katie would hate all of the jewelry in the store. Well, okay, when you say bigger than your car, you're exaggerating. Yes. But, like, what was the biggest diamond you saw there? Probably the circumference of a dime. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. And, like, on every single display cabinet. Wow. I have a ring from my grandfather, and I thought about using one of the diamonds from those from that ring because, like, I want to keep the ring itself, the band mm-hmm. itself, intact forever because yeah. my grandfather was a massive man he was so big yeah and so tall and and just like this patriarch of the the bogus family Mm -hmm. and just holding that ring and looking at that ring reminds me of just how massive of a person he was and i feel connected to him when Mm -hmm. i hold that ring Mm -hmm. and so i thought about using one of the diamonds from that ring that my grandmother had given me and so I was even talking. It's amazing that she gave you the ring. Yeah, yeah. It was real. It's really meaningful to me to have that ring. It, I would have liked to have used some of those diamonds. I talked to the person about getting a custom ring made using some of those diamonds, and even that, what like the starting price of making a custom ring was mm-hmm. like triple my budget for the ring. Wow, it was so expensive, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this and so my sister googled jewelry stores near where we were Mm -hmm. and she was like oh shanko uh is right close to here and Mm. if you've lived in the phoenix area that's the one that i was thinking area i was thinking that was the one you went to with all the gaudy rings that was not okay no it was not and this is an unabashed plug we are not getting paid for this for (laughs) shanko yeah that's the name, honestly, if you've ever listened to the radio in mm-hmm. Phoenix, that yeah. is the ad for If that. you've listened for like an hour on a local Phoenix radio station, you've probably heard Shanko, one mile south of Bell Road on Scottsdale Road in Acoma. Yes, that's <laughs> that, what that's, I was that's thinking. That's the plug. And it's like, your friend in the diamond business. So yeah, you've got a friend in the diamond yes, business. Yes, exactly. And I've heard that my entire life. Like, I I know those commercials. The voice of the guy in the commercials hasn't changed in 20 years. It's so bland, but but, perfect. But perfect, exactly what you want. It's Stonewall. It's it's evergreen. Stonewall. Yeah, it's just, 
it's that commercial that's always been there. And so going from that place, we decided to go to Shanko and we walk in and immediately like somebody comes up to help us, which also didn't happen in this other place that mm. I won't name because it was a bad experience and I'm not here to disparage companies. I'm sure a lot of finely jewelry clad women in Scottsdale shop at this place. Yeah. Um, but clearly they were not interested in servicing me. Yeah. The beard. <laughs> the beard. <laughs> I, I walked into Shanko and a guy started helping us and I tried to describe what he wanted and he came up and immediately the method in which they tried to find the ring was significantly different from any of my previous experiences. Wow. He started grabbing rings that he thought might fit my description and he would bring them out and he'd tell me to start eliminating them and tell me why I wanted to eliminate them. Ooh, so he basically cool. said, I don't think any of these are the rings, but I want to know the direction that we're going from oh these set gosh, of rings. Oh my gosh, what a stud. That's so cool. Yeah. And so it gets even better. So I, I eliminated like some, we picked more, I eliminated them, we picked more, I eliminated them. And then finally he said, hmm, well, I'm a little stumped. I, we don't work on commission here. Oh my gosh. So, so it totally doesn't matter if I make the sale or not. And I know just the person to help you find the right ring. And so he said, I'm going to go find her real quick and I'll be right oh, back. Oh, that's so cool. And he brought back another person and said, you know, she'll be helping you the, the rest of the time. And then she started helping us. And then she even further deep dived and, wow. and we like completely ignored the engagement ring section, which is like half of the store. Of course. And and went straight into the fashion rings section because mm, yeah. they weren't concerned about selling me the most expensive ring. They were concerned oh about finding the ring that Dude, I wanted. I love this place now. Shane Co. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. It was amazing customer service like wow. one maybe the best customer service experience that i've ever had <laughs> they did <laughs> so amazing. well and we spent like an hour maybe an hour and a half going through rings until we finally landed on yes this is the one and it's like this leaf design Ooh, um with nice. with the rings and it's very asymmetric and it's very non-traditional, and, it, and I think it's frankly exactly the type of ring that Katie was looking for. And I also picked out a wedding band with sapphires on it to go on top of Love on that. top of the ring. Sapphires, cool. Yeah, very non-traditional wedding ring look, mm -hmm. but very much in the realm of what Katie was wanting. And and so I think it, it was it was kind of a special moment seeing those two rings. I think I sent you a picture of it, didn't mm -hmm. I? Yeah, I love it. I sent you, you a wearing picture. <laughs> I sent you a picture of it on my finger. Yeah. I'll, I'll put that picture in the show notes yeah. of the ring Good. on my finger. But it was much more, you know, it's not the most expensive ring in the world, but I think it was much more meaningful finding the right ring, trying mm -hmm. like going through the process of trying to find cool. the ring that Katie wanted mm -hmm. um, versus... You know, whatever Gotti ring the other place was going to sell me. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was a very exciting and special moment, uh, getting that all together. Kind of a funny part of the experience was on that day, I was going to a Friendsgiving 
mm-hmm. at, at Katie's house that some of her housemates were throwing. And so, like, I had texted you that. You had texted me back. I had texted you one other thing. And that was, like, our entire text thread. And at the Friendsgiving, you might remember this text message. Katie was sitting right next to me, and she was like, you should text Christian and Haley and invite them to Friendsgiving. And I'm like, she's sitting right next to me. As soon as I open the text message thread, she's going to see the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way to text oh, no. you without her seeing that I bought a ring. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, no, no, like, they, I don't think they'll want to come. Like, I'm mm-hmm. making up excuses yeah. for you guys because, like, I don't know if you guys want to come or not, but I don't want to reveal that I have a ring. Yeah. And, and so I ended up texting you with Siri. <laughs> Yes, nice. Standing next to her, I was like, hey, uh, they're doing a Friendsgiving. Do you guys want to come? Nice. And it, 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 it was just like purely to avoid her seeing the ring. So flash forward to the engagement. I had a whole thing planned. Our Kind of our third date, but really our first date date. Like I had mm-hmm. gone up to Globe a couple of times like, um, she had a children's theater show and I went and saw it and, um, that was great. And so I'd gone up to globe a couple of times, but this is the first time that she had come down, stayed with my parents. Um, we, we went on a date to the butterfly wonderland together. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I decided I want to take her on a date to the wonder butterfly wonderland again. Mm-hmm. And that would be the place that I'd propose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had visions of her being covered in butterflies while I'm proposing. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's why I thought it was funny that you said you didn't have butterflies in your stomach. Oh, nice. But yes. so we go to eat yeah, on the way there. I'm texting with my sister who's already in the butterfly wonderland. Oh, cool. With a camera cool. hidden, ready for us to arrive. And I'm texting with her, letting her know that we're on our way. Uh, we just ate lunch. And she keeps grabbing my phone because she wants to change the music. Oh, no. She keeps changing the music. And every time she grabbed my phone, I had like a miniature heart attack. Yes. uh, I was like, I was like, oh, please stop grabbing my phone. Like, please, please, mm -hmm. nobody text me right now. Like I had texted Katie. uh, I, I had texted Nathan and Veronica, who we met at their wedding. I was like, today's the day. And like, I, mm-hmm. cause I don't think I hadn't even told Nathan that I had gotten a ring at that point. Yeah. And so, so many people could have texted back at that moment mm-hmm. that congrats, like congrats yeah, or, like, or like, can't wait to see the pictures yeah. oh, or like any moment. And I was just, were you looking over like to grab the phone? Like, oh yeah. I, I, I kept saying, oh, I need to know where I'm going. Can, can I get oh, the phone Oh my back? gosh. Yeah. And so finally we get there. And, you know, we go through and we watch the little butterfly video that they have about the monarchs and heavy handed. All of the butterflies are dying. We must save them, (laughs) you know, that kind of message. What you would expect from like a butterfly wonderland, Uh, (laughs) like warranted or not, it still comes across very heavy handed. Yeah. And so we come into the, uh, you know, into the butterfly place and immediately... My sister's right where I told her to be. I see her. Katie doesn't see her. I give her a little nod. And then we walk around and we find a place on a bench and we're sitting looking at the butterflies. And my sister 
has hidden herself over in the bushes and her her boyfriend Isaiah is over with with his iPhone or with her iPhone uh, filming it. Nice. And then I, I take the ring out of my pocket and I kind of raise it over her head so she can't see mm-hmm. it to let Katie know, my sister know uh, that, hey, this is about to go down. And mm-hmm. uh, cool. I was crazy nervous. Not because, mm-hmm. like, we had talked about it course, so much. Yeah. Like, I knew it was going to be a yes. It was just kind of like, you want everything to be perfect, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You want it to... Come across and everything. You you want it to be everything that the person that you love has hoped it would be, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And so so it, it was nerve-wracking, and, and I can't even really remember what I said. Again, I think mm-hmm. in those moments, my brain just kind of shuts off. Yeah. And I pulled the, the ring out. And it, what the thing that, that my opening line, I had this down packed. I said, I talked to her about how nervous I was on our first date, mm-hmm. driving over here, like wanting it to go well, mm-hmm. how nervous I was that, that we had all this time together. Mm-hmm. And I said, but it's nothing compared to how nervous I was driving over today. And I kind of oh, revealed the nice. Wow. It's a great line. Uh, I don't remember how much else I got out before she kissed me. <laughs> and then, oh, wow. and then nice. it was a little bit before I actually got the question out, which I don't think she remembers me actually popping the question, mm-hmm. but she was ecstatic. And it's just like you said, I saw a look in her eyes that I hadn't seen before. Dang. Nice. That's awesome. That she was just so ecstatic for the proposal to be engaged Mm-hmm. And that's that's the one thing I I t- totally remember is her looking at me and saying we're engaged. Yeah. And it's like yes. Yeah. Yes, awesome. we are finally. Like mm-hmm. we're finally there. Mm-hmm. And so then we left and we met my parents and her parents and we went to a Christmas Eve service and then we went to dinner together and it was awesome. So let's move on to the honeymoon. Honeymoon, yeah. Let's talk about your honeymoon real quick. Oh, dude, the honeymoon was awesome. Where'd you guys go? Oh, my gosh. Um, We went on a cruise. Mm -hmm. We went on a cruise to the Bahamas Mm. off of the the coast of Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, Miami was where we were were ported or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, went to the Bahamas. It was awesome. It it was an all-inclusive cruise, Mm -hmm. so we could drink however much we wanted for free and so it was kind of dangerous <laughs> so because we were like kind of like buzzed the whole time <laughs> and and like uh, it was grandma it was, if you're listening <laughs> it was, your world is shattering yeah i'm oh, sorry um it was so fun though like finding like you know like just all like we didn't even do a ton of stuff on the cruise, we just laid out a lot, you know, or yeah. laid out or like uh, walked around. Just like I don't even remember a ton of the stuff that we did on the cruise. A, a lot of it was spent on on the islands or whatever that mm-hmm. we that we went to. So a lot of, a lot of it wasn't spent in the on the boat. Um, but we had so much fun, so much fun walking around on each of the three islands that we went to. Uh, one of them was 
Grand Bahama Island. Um, the other was Nassau, and the other one was an island that uh, that we were on. What, what was our Norwegian? I think Norwegian cruise lines had their own island, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of cruise cruise lines have their own island. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we were we one of the islands we walked around and like you know went to little shops and stuff. It was it's so fun just like exploring places with your new you know, bride, mm-hmm. and you're just uh, kind of running around, what do we do now, what do we do now, just store to store. Uh, in Nassau, we went to a museum of, of slavery, and that was really cool. That was for like an hour or an hour and a half or something like that. Like, I love a good museum. And we were mm-hmm. just like walking from from like wall to wall, just like reading all of these things that was really cool and fun and intimate in a way, even though we weren't like cuddling the entire time. It was just like we're, gonna, we're just it's enjoying just you guys. something together. Yeah, exactly. It's just you guys. Yeah, we bought gifts for for all of our family family members. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought little like dresses for my sister, my youngest sisters. We got like a little bracelet. I don't know. Like I can't remember all the gifts, but like it's yeah. You know, it's touristy, but then like. They also have their beaches that are amazing, and dude, it's just so great, the honeymoon. And then after the cruise, we went to uh, Miami to just chill in a hotel for a couple days, a few days, three days, I don't know, and just, I love, we loved the Miami part. Like, being Mm -hmm. off of a cruise, though, you have vertigo, you have land sickness (laughs) that, like, strikes, like, every 30 minutes that just where you used feel to being, like things are moving yeah you feel like things are moving the whole world it's, sh- it's like when you've been jumping on a trampoline a whole bunch yep and, and then, then you, you like and you land and you feel like your body is still trying to like trying to like follow the momentum of the mm-hmm. yeah and, and our bodies were still like adjusting to the land it was crazy and it was not so fun but Miami was probably our favorite part my birthday took place over our yeah. honeymoon so we Went to a nice Italian restaurant for our, for my birthday, and the the restaurants were amazing in Miami. Our hotel was amazing; it was beautiful. Um, yeah, it was just so perfect. Everything about the honeymoon was so perfect. It was great because it was a break from work, mm-hmm. and it was just a nice, awesome time. That was nobody was nobody was calling us. Nobody was. Mm-hmm. No, we weren't we weren't liable to anyone, and that's what's awesome about like it was a great transition from like from like not single life I don't know what you call it but like pre marriage to post marriage it was a great transition to like it's us it's you and me now and so just experiencing everything on an island in more ways than one. So how has, in these first several months of marriage, how has the relationship of you and your in-laws developed? Like, talk, talk a little bit yeah. about, about that dynamic, mm-hmm. about uh, what you've learned through that, uh, and maybe what I can glean from you mm-hmm. in developing good relationships with my in-laws. Yeah, wow. Um, my... In-laws love me so much, and I love them. I had a 
I had a funny conversation with them pretty early on, like within the first, our first month of marriage, about what I should call them. And because I had heard her dad call his mother-in-law mother, mm-hmm. and she's... She's that's a very formal yeah very formal tone. She's she's really old and pretty traditional, mm-hmm. and so I think that was where that came from. But I was like, I said like, what should I call you? Like, when should I? When do I start calling you guys mom and dad? Like, when does that happen? Should I do that? And they were they were like, sure, like sure yeah whenever now mm-hmm. start yeah if you want you know like totally, and I said like well when did you call your like I asked. Uh, her dad, like, when did you start calling um, your wife's parents by, you know, like mother and, you know, you Mm -hmm. know, mother and father or whatever, dad and mom. Um, He's like, I don't know, for a while it was just, you know, so, I mean, our relationship is awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't have any doubt. I think you stay in that for a second. Okay. The whole, yeah, cool. Yeah. Because I, I think it's interesting because I think there is an interesting family dynamic there. Mm-hmm. Looking at my family, at, at least in my mind, the term mom or dad is is kind of very specific to a person, at least in my mind. And I can remember getting confused as a kid when my mom would be referring to her dad and she'd be saying, oh, dad said this. And I'm like, wait a second, whose dad are we, are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Because it's also not uncommon for my mom to be... Calling your dad. Calling my dad, dad, when referring to him. Mm -hmm. And looking at their relationship with their respective in-laws, you know, my dad calls my mom's parents Lillian and Sam. And... Mm -hmm. So do my parents. My parents call their in-laws by their names. Yeah, exactly. Bev and Alvin uh, for my mom. And that seems very natural to me. Mm-hmm. So so kind of continue with what you were talking about because this is very interesting yeah. to me. I know. It's so it was so new to me and it still is. Um so So are you calling them mom and dad? I haven't <laughs> I haven't called them anything. Mm-hmm. I I have not just um, Corey Mary Jane. Not any no. You don't even names. say their name? No. Because so you just talk to them and start the sentence. You don't yeah. no no like qualifier. Right. Except on Christmas, I I said mom a little bit, mm-hmm. and I didn't say dad. Did Mary Jane like that? Did she respond um, to it? I don't or? think she was super, like, I don't know if she heard me fully or what. Um, I I don't know. I, she does like it. She did like it. Yeah. I, I think, like... I, I, I bet that'd be it's, very warming to her heart. Yeah. I think it is warming. Um, I just haven't... I, like, it's so funny. I, like... In early marriage, I was so sold out to it. I was like, I'm going to call you mom and dad, and you're just my favorites. Mm-hmm. I love you so much because they, like, spent so much on the wedding. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, I'm so – not just because of that, obviously, but just I'm, I felt so accepted by them right. and so loved because Haley loves me so, so much and has told them, and I'm just like – I wanna, I wanna be in this family so hard because mm-hmm. you guys have been so great to me. You wanna ex- extend that the same feeling yeah, in gratitude, yeah. yeah. But it's it's been you know like I, I kind of bit off more than I could chew early on when I was like going with that whole can I call you mom and dad because now I'm like gulp that's mm-hmm. still kind of uncomfortable you mm-hmm. know it's kind of weird. Um, you didn't anticipate how I, yeah 
so, difficult that would be. Right, exactly. I would just I would just advise you to take that slow. Sure, they would love being called mom and dad, you know, <laughs> but like wait till you're comfortable, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I I don't know if like I don't know if they would maybe. I, not. Well, I don't know if I have it in me. <laughs> but, right, you know, like, for for sure, that's totally. It's totally like like I totally would love to to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. But but again, it 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 almost feels like foreign. Yeah. Yeah. Er, yeah. In like engagement and in dating, it was it was it was weird to think of just calling them that, but. In marriage, for some reason, something switched to where I was just, mm. like, so in love with her family mm-hmm. that I could, I just felt like, I, I have feelings for mom and dad, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I, like, in in practice, if, if it's as easy as I thought it would be. Yeah. So that's that's just something when it comes to titles, but I love them. I love them so much, and there's just, it's just... A different family, and you're like, you have their daughter as... And you're learning how to fit in yeah, to the family. Yep. Yeah. It's it's an adjustment. It's going to be, it's going to keep going, but just be open to just, and, and also feel, check the temperature on, you know, mm-hmm. situations and stuff, and it's, it's probably not super hard, especially because they've been waiting for this day, too. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, like I I know horror stories of parents of in-laws not being super stoked about the situation, which mm-hmm. sucks. That really sucks. I'm very fortunate and blessed to have a situation where the family loves me, too. 